0: Okay, so Welcome to the Coaching Culture Podcast. My name is Jo Wright and today I'm speaking to the wonderful Anthony Taylor who is coach, trainer, speaker and how I've got to know Anthony more is actually about him being an author, an author of a fabulous book called Mental Toughness Metaphors. So welcome to the podcast today, Anthony.
1: Thank you, Jo. Thank you for having me on. It's a real pleasure.
0: Oh, thank you. And today we're going to talk about... Um, how do we help managers develop mental fitness to help them lead and manage more effectively? I think it's a really important topic. Often I suppose people can call it resilience, but I, you're an expert in this area. And you know I've got your book in front of me, which I think if anybody's listening today, they have to go out and get it on Amazon because it's absolutely fabulous. And I know I even wrote, I felt so passionate about it when I read the book. I wrote a five-star review on Amazon because it was just, it's just a phenomenal read, really colourful in terms of bringing, bringing to life some fabulous concepts through stories. So we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the book, but it's a, a must read for sure. But first of all, before we get into the podcast, tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are, a bit of your story, and how have you come to being
1: talking to us today about mental fitness and toughness right thank you Frankie. um a bit of a story i guess i'd spent very quickly almost 20 years in the corporate world yeah. working as, as head of comms in various yeah. large organizations in, in the public and the private sector um started coaching in about 2006 when as part of my role i was asked to go on a, a coaching course and coach other people within the organization which at the time was the general medical council I just fell in love with it, absolutely. Fell in love yeah, with it. wanted to when I left there, wanted to uh, actually change career at that point. But my then wife was a bit reluctant to see the salary drop and, and starting out in a new career, so yeah. I put that passion on a, on a back burner, but always continued to coach and do that. And then, um, about 10 years ago, decided I was, um, I'd gone through a divorce, uh, a bereavement from my mum. And, and was unemployed even though I was my dad with two kids and I just thought, you know, I've got to do something that I really want to do for yep. the rest of my career so I took some time out, invested in myself uh, retrained as a coach and trainer and began that journey and spent the last 10 years doing what I do now
0: So it's really interesting that you've you you have very much focused in on, on working with leaders and managers to really help mm-hmm. them and and you're, I suppose you're if you're a mastermind your chosen specialist subject is absolutely about mental toughness isn't it it's the thing that you share a lot the things that we see you write on linkedin the author of the book so tell me how you got into focusing on that specifically
1: i think it was an interesting journey i've always been a keen sportsman so i've played sports to uh, you know kind of fairly decent amateur level different things and always been interested in the times when i've sort of performed well and the times when i really hadn't and what was the the mindset behind that? and what was the difference. I've always been interested in the concept and read around it and the psychology of it. And then having gone through, you know, life and thousand tribulations of divorce and bereavement and watching my mum deal with her cancer. And I really got fascinated to know more about that subject and then think about how actually can I apply that with people? Because we're all just trying to do the best we can in life. We're all trying to do the best we can with the tools that we've got. How can, and I thought a lot about my purpose, Joe, at that time. I spent some time clarifying that. And for me, my purpose is helping people achieve more than they thought themselves capable of. And that underpins everything I do. And and how can mental understanding mental toughness and understanding that in ourselves and others help people do that? So that's how my journey's evolved. And that's why I kind of chosen really to specialize in that. And I'm I'm adding to that. So I'm being real focused now on strength and 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 bringing that into the coaching and training as well how can we use more of what we've already got in a way that that helps us
0: i mean that sounds fabulous and and i suppose it's pertinent then to think about you know we are um we've had the i i know that nobody likes the word unprecedented times but i can't think of a better way to describe what we've experienced a global pandemic where Mm. people have all experienced it differently but i kind of would think that the majority of people have had to dig deeper in this last year and continue to do so and will continue to do so. So talk to me about the last year. What have you experienced as a coach or as a trainer? What have you experienced uh, from the conversations you've had with people and particularly about this topic?
1: Mackie, so many things, you know, so as a as a business owner, as a coach and trainer, like many people in March of last year, I saw my business fall off a cliff. So in the space of a week, three and a half months worth of the work just dried up. Okay. And I'm tired of thinking, why how am I going to adapt to this? So managed to pivot and do a lot. And there seemed to be a lot of demand very quickly for what I what I do. So that was great and really helpful. I know many people didn't see that. But I've been very privileged to have a lot of conversations with people all the way from Las Vegas, right the way across the world to Australia and New Zealand. And people have shared with me some really powerful stories about they've had to overcome the challenges that they have faced the mental health challenges um you know i have my own in october last year i I thought openly about it i had a my first ever serious panic attack um brought about by not practicing what i what i preach and so i think people have really had to dig deep like you, you talked about and adapt in new ways and and people have been able to do it to varying degrees but even some of the ones that some people might look at them and think they've got it all to. You know they've got it all in hand yes, they haven't they haven't i've had some really seriously le- you know big leaders in in big organizations come to me and say i spent the whole of yesterday crying because i felt that overwhelmed wow. and i if my being like that and my people doing like that can you help us oh I'm sorry. that's been really humbling um and uh yeah so i think hopefully we've been able to help people in, in some small
0: way so when we talk about mental fitness and mental toughness, what exactly are we meaning? What would your kind of key definition be so people who are listening really understand actually? Because some people might think, well, it's different for that person, different for that person. What is it that you would say in a nutshell?
1: I think it's interesting that because I've, I've sort of been playing around with this term mental f- fitness. Um, mental toughness is a, a term that polarises people. Right. You, know, it, it, uh, you know, some people really hate, it's like Marmite, they either hate it or they love it. And, and I, I think that's a shame because it stops people looking at what it is. So as a, as a term, mental toughness, that is a personality trait, part of our personality that explains how we respond mentally to stress, pressure, and challenge irrespective of what's going on. So we all have levels of mental toughness. It's yeah. not that high is great and low is bad yeah. we talk about mental sensitivity, not mental weakness, um, but it explains how we think. So mentally sensitive people can still achieve amazing things, they're just going to feel the bumps in the road a bit more than okay. somebody who's a bit more mentally strong equally someone who's high in mental toughness can cause problems so it's really useful to understand mental toughness a lot more but this term mental fitness is a more of an umbrella term that i have come to um include it's got four elements to it okay. one is mental toughness Yep. Yeah. the other is, is mental health awareness because that's so important yeah you know, shifting the needle away now from ignorance and misunderstanding through education so a lot more enlightenment around that but so that's important to understand that and the signs and things yeah. which is great but then there are two other elements i think are important one is energy management how do we manage our energy levels because it's not energy management more than time management i think is a, is the a predictor of, of good performance so how do we manage our energy levels in the four domains and then lastly it's got to be underpinned by emotional intelligence we haven't got our own emotional intelligence um, and and recognize that emotional intelligence and emotions in other people. How as we as leaders, how are we going to get the best out of ourselves and others?
0: I mean, this is, this is, I love the energy management, you know, you Mm. and I talked a little bit before we actually came live onto the podcast about our energy even this week. And I personally can resonate in, you know, one day this week, you know, I'd had a really tough personal life, Challenge a huge, you know, one of my family members, you know, um extremely poorly, and on Wednesday I was I was on the floor, I was rock bottom, and my energy was was very low on Wednesday. Yesterday I I had some did some podcasts with people who unbelievably energized me, and I knew, you know, by the end of yesterday I just felt a different person because I'd drawn on, I suppose I'd drawn on other people's conversations that you know that that lit me up and kind of mm-hmm. and I felt I knew where my energies were but it really helped me overcome my Wednesday low energy and my challenge so I, I totally mm-hmm. resonate that just from even this week it's been a week it's been a roller coaster um, yes. and I suppose that's what you're saying isn't it is that you know life can be tough life can be really challenging it's how we deal with it
1: yes definitely and how we manage our energy levels you know there are four domains of energy you've got your physical energy you've got emotional yeah. and mental, and spiritual and when we look at all those domains and start to take steps to do that, then it is much easier to be more resilient. It is much easier to be more emotionally intelligent. And it's just much easier to bring your best help, um to life and to be able to cope with things, the good, the bad um, and the indifferent. Um,
0: and in terms of, so you go out and support leaders and managers, how can they go away and develop this? Because like you said, you've sp- spoken to people this year who spent the whole day senior leaders crying the day before. I've definitely spoken to senior leaders in organisations this past year who have really struggled and it's kind of like, you know, who's looking after them? Um, And they're feeling it. So others are in their team and we are human. We're crammed, packed full of emotions, feelings. We're human. Um, And it's so important to recognise that. How do you support leaders and managers to build this mental fitness?
1: Um, I think it's helping them understand more about the, the topic of it and yeah. what's involved in it and trying to shift their mindset or help facilitate their mindset when they've already made that shift to you know the, the, if I'm trying to shift the mindset of from individuals, it's getting them to see their people like a Premier League football manager might see their people. You know, yeah. you don't spend 10 million pounds on somebody and pay them 400 grand a week and then flog them to death. Um, so actually how can we shift our mindset to our people and start to see them as, as thoroughbreds and as the difference it's going to make. And when we shift that mindset, think about it that way and treat them that way, then actually you can get so much more out and you get more engagement out of them. It builds trust, it builds their, their mental fitness. So the whole, you know, you just get the performance alongside the well-being bit. And then if they've already made that mindset for the shift and it's that, how do I work with them? then it's around understanding, you know, that organization, the challenges of that organization, doing some tools to measure what's going on for them and then adapting whatever the solutions might be that are fit for them rather than a kind of one
0: size fits all. And what are you thinking then today? Cause it feels like there's been a huge shift in recognizing mental health, mental health in the workplace. And, you know, I remember earlier in my career, you know, the word stress was a taboo word you know because it was unseen you know it was going on in somebody's mind and 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 and, but it was obviously showing up in their way they were at work and it was it was frowned upon there's been a huge shift hasn't there in that and and it feels like there's still more to go oh yes a long way to go really go on tell me a bit more about that the long way to go
1: i think just because you know i've worked with different organizations and and some have brought me in but One organization I was working with, I won't say who, they they did some research and they found that through looking at their email logins of their people, they were working 30% longer hours than their core hours, which are eight or six. But many of them were working 14-hour days. Several of them shared with me that they'd lost up to 20 days of holiday. And they were frustrated because this organization was... Doing the thing, they were bringing people like me in to run mental health awareness courses, but actually their culture hadn't changed. They were flogging them, they were flogging their staff. You know, and I know there are business imperatives and businesses have got to make money and it's a challenging environment, but actually they were, they're were they going to lose their people because they were burning them out. You know, stressing on itself isn't a bad thing. We need a certain amount of stress to perform. It can be really good it's about understanding when that stress becomes negative you know uterus good stress is important we need that Distress is something different definitely uh, and it's about understanding that and so yes it's i think we've still got a long way to go from any organizations to things and i think some of it is they don't they don't see it they don't realize it they don't know what they don't know
0: so it feels like there could be some tick tick box box ticking exercises going on as opposed to fundamentally getting it within the culture which is where the shift happens isn't it there's no point in just ticking a box and going tick we've done that we'll carry on burning people out but we've got we brought Anthony in so we're all right we've ticked that box Uh, so how would you encourage organizations to focus on them having a culture where they you know reduce they don't burnout's not even a thing that would happen um you know I've seen organizations even this week declare they've given um, their team members a week off to acknowledge yeah. the the pandemic and in my mind I've not read into it more but I kind of think if it's a week off to for people to regroup personally then that's brilliant if it's a week off because they've burnt everybody out then that's not a great thing how do you get to the root cause and not get to burning um, employees out so how how do you encourage organizations to really think about the cultural side of it as opposed to ticking a box
1: i think it's getting them to understand you know putting some perspective on the problem, is it a problem for them on, on their organisation? Yep. Talking to their people, creating that psychological safety where people are going to be honest about it. Yeah. You know, maybe there are some numerical indicators that can give them a clue in terms of, you know, the usual stuff, um, and sickness and, and absence levels, those kind of things. Look at their engagement, you know, there's some anecdotal things, you know, check the car park, well, it's a bit more difficult now, but, you know, how engaged are people really? Um, and, and ask them and to create that, that space where people are being honest about it. And sometimes, um, you know, I've just done a, work, a bit of work with um, a drinks company at the minute, and they got me in because they're going through a big change program. But what's come out of it shows us a real cultural issue. Right. And there's a lot of stuff going on. And many, you know, one of their individuals are really concerned about their mental health because they're working crazy hours. Um, and there isn't that trust to say, hey, look, can we just pause here? Can we just do something a bit different? So I'm now the conduit to be able to go back to the management team and say, you know, if you want to achieve these things, you're going to have to work with some of your people here because there's a big, there's a big disconnect.
0: And and this is where surely leaders and managers having the capability to have good quality and effective conversations, because. I absolutely agree that there's a huge value in really getting under the skin of an organisation through engagement surveys, you know, assessments, really getting the deep insights. But a good manager would recognise this, wouldn't they?
1: They would. And I think it's yeah, I think the similar battle that I'm having is I think a similar one with, with coaching as well, in terms of, you know, it's all very well saying great, we trained a load of people to be coaches, but if the culture doesn't change a coaching approach, is actually anything going to be different? Oh. Um, so it's that sort of, how do we get people in that? And I think when people start to see the difference that coaching can make or focusing on building mental fitness and mental toughness, then they start to buy into that, but it's about helping them see the practical, practicalities of what can be different when you take that kind of approach with it. Um, and I think sometimes I find it a bit frustrating when, you know, the organizations bring people like me in to say, we want to do something different. And I say, great. Well, I've got a you know a diagnostic tool here that's going to help with that. we're oh, not sure we want to invest on that. But imagine going to the doctor and saying, I've got a bad back, or I've got an issue, and the doctor says, okay, just take some paracetamol. I'm you're not, not
0: going to do a diagnostic impressed. on you.
1: Yeah. No, i want going to run some tests, want some blood tests. You want a variety of different things. You and you wouldn't probably if you've got a, an undiagnosed issue, you wouldn't want them to just do one test. I'm going to run a, a blood test, but I'm just going to run one. But wouldn't you run others while you're looking at? Absolutely. So I think, you know, given the investment that organisations make in their people and how responsible they are, know your people are your biggest source of competitive advantage. Why wouldn't we invest in them in the right way to get the most out of them? You know, it comes back to the Premier League football analogy, you know, or whatever sporting analogy you want. You you know, if you compare ourselves to to athletes, an athlete spends 90% of their time training, of which rest is a major part. They have a very short, fairly short career and a fairly short season. And yeah. um, compare that to us, corporate athletes. We, you know, we've got a fifty-year career. We work ninety percent of the time with a minimal downtime, uh, and we're asked to do that eight, nine, ten, twelve hours a day. So how can we get the most of our people? If you want them to work like that. How can we get the best out of them to do it? It's a
0: really great example, that isn't it? It's a really great comparison. You know yeah. the the yeah how do we do that and I, I mean what's wonderful to learn and hear is that more and more organizations are certainly it's on their agenda and in terms of and, and obviously often under the heading i guess of well-being um and i suppose it's back to that cultural thing how do they really get it into you know being part of parcel and, and really making a difference because fundamentally the the more resilient your organisation are the better for everybody and actually the the healthier the whole organisation so it's got to be a it's got to be a must hasn't it it's just got to be the days of push 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 burnout burnout just not sustainable and I don't think I think this past year is really going to make people not accept that anymore actually they've they've re-evaluated their own values and gone no I'm not going to put up with that anymore no actually I've realized what really matters to me. And all these, you know, heading towards burnout is not acceptable in anybody's book. It's a Mm -hmm. lose-lose all round.
1: Definitely. And I'm I'm seeing, you know, I've had conversations with people where they said, uh, I'm I'm already actively looking, I'm going to leave, and and senior management don't know this. Um, So yeah, there are lots of people just saying, I've had enough of this, I've been treated this way. And it, it doesn't take a massive shift to treat people a little bit better, that makes them want to stay I and mean, it's not just to stuff about being you know The when we see improved levels of, of mental fitness we see improved collaboration we see improved ideas generation we see improved engagement we see uh more effective work in the time that people are in work you know it's about looking at and you see improved outcomes rather than just inputs um you know if you to start to measure that then that's then that stuff to improve that so there are real you know, I, I was in a, did a talk for the IOD in January of last year yeah. just before lockdown here, and I, I started out and I said what would a 5% improvement in collaboration and performance um, and and fitness rates do for your business and one guy said 50% increase in turnover that's the difference that's what focusing on this stuff can bring to a business
0: and I, when you talk about mental fitness and and toughness I I can't help but think about. It's about having great quality conversations, having awareness, having great, you know, good leaders and managers who, who care about their people, not just about the, the bottom line. The bottom line will follow if you do the right things up front. It's just, it's yes. just what happens, isn't yeah. it? And we talk here at Coaching Culture all the time about, you know, it's about having those effective conversations based on honest feedback building trust which is linked to psychological safety and actually when people are cared for and feel valued it just more happens doesn't it they're more engaged they're more it's just a win-win all round. there are no downsides to caring about your people
1: yeah absolutely they do they care more they're engaged they have better ideas they'll give more they'll voluntarily give more well who doesn't want to have that voluntarily giving more of this and they will stay you know there's just so much research that shows this that I can't even believe to finish that we're still having conversation.
0: conversation. <laughs> but f- do you know what? I think in some organisations, we're just starting the conversation and mm. I think the global pandemic has kind of gone, Whoa, well, hang on a minute, we need to do something now. Um, and actually, you know, all the things that have been impossible in the past like working from home have suddenly become possible and you know so i think for some organizations they're just starting it um, and thankfully they are but we need to get it accelerated not just for the employees of today i often think about what legacy are we leaving behind for for the kids the grandkids what future are we creating there's been a there's going to be there is a transformational change in the way of working and being at work is happening right now in front of us. And this has got to be on that agenda, surely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen at first hand with my own children, the impact of COVID, I've got a, I've got a stepdaughter who's struggling with some mental health issues. I saw my son go through a real period of low mood, Yeah. you know, and they're working really hard. They've had to adapt in ways that, you know, You know, I said to them, you're having to work now like university students with remote learning and yeah. taking more of a correction. You know, and that's, that's a big ask of, of this younger generation. But in a few years, they're gonna be coming through into the workplace and their expectations and demand will be different. We've seen a difference in millennials coming through yeah. and their expectations about things and the newer generation coming through will be the same and they'll be more demanding and they'll they'll have higher expectations of employers. So um, yeah, I, you know, I'm not judgmental about employers that are perhaps a bit behind the curve. I'm more, I take a view of, look, I'd rather be curious than not judgmental. Yeah. So, can be cute, How can I help you? How can you start to think a bit differently? And you know, think about the book. It's stories make the difference. So you ask about how do I speak to organisations? They've been engaged in stories. Yeah. You know, I can show them all the research and the facts they want, and that that's fine. But that doesn't read people. Stories do. I want to share some of the stories and how it might be different. Then that kind of lights a spark in people it helps some of them to go right. We need to do something different.
0: So this moves me onto the book. Well, this. Mm. perfect uh move into talking about the book i uh, you know i loved it i've said that at the beginning tell us more about it where did it come from why did you choose metaphors and um, just tell me more about it because i i think it's fabulous
1: um a couple of things one after i'd had the idea i remember going back to my childhood and you know i and my mum reading stories to and soft fables as a yes, kid i remember definitely those, you know that uh, and then i read a couple of a uh, brilliant books guy um called nick owen which is all around metaphors a much bigger book than, than mine and he looks at it through spiral dynamics lenses and different things and that really fired me up i found the stories in that fascinating and a couple of them resonated with me on a sort of mental toughness resilience level and i thought well actually why don't i write a much more accessible book with a collection of stories just about resilience and mental toughness that would help explain it because uh, which is why the first chapter is just understanding what mental toughness is. It's yeah. very short, as you know. You can read the book in, in forty five minutes. That would help dispel some of the, the misconceptions people have about mental toughness, and then share with the stories in an easy digestible way that people can either read themselves um, or, or read with others. Um, and that's why I decided to do it. So I wanted to keep it short. I didn't want it to be a you know sixty thousand word yeah. boom, <laughs> uh, which is what meant my first book was on uh, was a better than words um i wanted it to be much broader and more digestible and easy to pick up and put down and share with others so
0: i think it's that's fabulous where the idea came from. i think it's fabulous and you know how far is it getting out there now because it feels like it should be in everybody's hands it, it's um, so it's lovely to read
1: yet, but i'm really encouraged you know I'm, I'm selling probably one copy a day through either kindle or or, yeah. or uh, which is brilliant because i'm really not doing massive amount of marketing i'm not even running any amazon ads no i think it's just through word of mouth and the odd post i put on linkedin or or instagram about it um so you know i've had some lovely feedback from people like yourself um so i'm hoping it's the kind of word of mouth that's encouraging people to, to find it and pick
0: it up which is your favorite metaphor in there Let's have a
1: look. I've got a few. There's a a few. uh, I think the Chinese farmer one is a great one around mindset, difficulties and challenges. Um, The one I like um, is is also the cricketer. And that's a true story. But what I like about the cricketer one is it helps us understand that high levels of mental toughness can help us, but there also can be a bad thing. And actually it's about what feels right for you. So the story of that is about a cricketer who, um, Dean Jones, he, he stands at the crease, he's got his test match, he's really sick with dysentery, um, his captain gives him a kind of cutting remark when he says he's going to need to leave the crease and go off because he's poorly, and that forces him to stay on. So on the one element, it shows us that actually even when we think we, we've, we've spent, we've given our all, we can't do any more, actually there's a lot more left in the tank. Yep. So mental toughness to help with that. But then actually he ended up took him six months to recover from that so the, the the questions i leave people with is you know is that a good thing that he did that at the end of the day it's just a game of cricket was it really worth putting his physical health on the line for a game of cricket now ours isn't to judge on that ours is just to decide would we make that same choice and actually so it, it, i think it shows all aspects of mental toughness for me the the good side and, and sometimes the downside of it
0: what i love about the way the book is structured it's lots of short bite-sized um stories that you can really resonate with and then you've got the key takeaways and then the self-coaching questions go away and ask yourself this it's not like you said you can read it in 45 minutes it's it's a book to just curl up with and read and go yeah Actually, like I said, this morning I I got the book out again and realised that my husband had grabbed it and there was all sorts of highlighter pens going on, like, hey, what have you done to the book? But obviously that's the way he learns and and there's highlighters everywhere throughout the book now. um, because I just think it's so, so important for people to what you know, to self-reflect and think actually mm-hmm. what does this mean to me and how can I do things differently how can I think differently what's my mindset about this and that really comes through in the book so it, it's fabulous and a, a definite must read
1: and that I think for me I've had some thank you for saying that. that's very kind of you I've had some lovely feedback on it the bit that really most delighted me is two or three people have said they've sat down with their family over the dinner table and shared a story oh. and then they've had some of the best conversations they've had in a while about it and and I thought that's just brilliant. You know, that made my day every time I, I read
0: that. To me, I mean, you've put on the front stories to build resilience for parents, coaches, trainers and thinkers. I mean, it, it's it's a book for everybody, isn't it? It's a book mm. for everybody. And and you know, not just because of the last year, but for life. You know, this is something to just get people thinking. So if you were gonna give Organizations advice on how they can really help their leaders and managers support their teams with their mental fitness. What would you be saying to them? If there was only one thing to kind of, you know, a word from Anthony, what what would you be saying to them?
1: Build that psychological safety. Right. Because when you do that, and with that will come trust. Yeah. With increased problems, increased performance, with increased also, of trust comes better conversations and you'll find out what's working well and you'll find out what isn't working well and then you know whether it's resilience whether it's something doesn't matter it doesn't matter build that and then you're not going to go farther
0: and the rest will follow
1: and the rest will follow
0: anthony thank you so much is there anything else you'd like to share today because you've got i know you've got a wealth of knowledge that you know we can't get across in a short podcast is there anything else that you feel that you know organizations who are listening today and individuals would benefit from hearing from your expertise
1: there's a um there's a funny quote from zig ziglar i don't know if you remember zig ziglar yeah he's a i'm a big fan of his work he's dead now sadly but um and he said he's his funny thing which says if you treat your wife like a thoroughbred you won't end up with a nag (laughs) and i just think if organizations treat their staff like thoroughbreds they'll get the best yeah that's my kind of humorous anecdote
0: brilliant i absolutely love that thank you anthony for today i've really enjoyed our conversation and you know i'm hoping more people will go out and and get your book because i think there's some fabulous colorful stories there that can really help and also pick up the phone to you because how can people contact you because i think you've got Um, you've got a lot to give organizations here
1: well thank you Pamela on very kind of you to say that. They can find me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um and so I'm very active on LinkedIn yeah. or my website 359.com and yeah. the, the 9 is a digit which is a nod to Roger Bannister breaking yeah. the 3 minute, 4 minute mile. Um so yeah those are the two best places to find me.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. And thanks for today and thank you for everybody for listening and to our coaching culture podcast and you know if if you do want to listen to more of our guests you know always remember that coaching does matter now more than ever. Thank you.